Hey mamas, for those of you who didn't know, I am a birth doula and I'm often asked what my favorite prenatal supplements are. And let me tell you, it is hands down needed. The research that they have done and the quality in their products are mind blowing. They are making sure that you have not only the key ingredients, but also the optimal amount. Check out all of their products at thisisneeded.com and enjoy 20% off by using code VBAC. 20. That is VBAC20. Hello, hello. I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We are back with another story for you. And today we have a VBAC after multiple cesarean stories. In fact, it's VBAC after three, which I feel like is a little bit harder to, to find information on and to find support Four, right? And so we have our friend, Pe- Pe- look, I almost did it, Petra. <laughs> I asked her before the episode, Petra, Petra. And like, I, I had the neighbor. So in my head, it just went, Petra. Anyway, hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy yeah. to be here. <laughs> yes, so happy. And you are from California. Is that correct? I am. Yes. Was your V back after 3C section in California? Yes. Okay, awesome. I feel like when we have, uh, I mean, just in general, but especially feedback after multiple cesarean, we have so many people writing in saying like, where did this person go? And where are they located? Because if they're in my area, I need to find that provider or I need to research because it, it, it sucks. But we don't get the support after multiple cesareans um, more often than not, right? And so, um, of course, through your episode, feel free to share and name blast anyone in, in a positive way, of course, but, uh, you know, send those names out to the audience because I'm sure that they'll want to research your provider. Okay, so as always, we have a quick review, and this is by CBE18, and it was actually um, written in 2020. It says, gave me courage. This podcast is everything I needed to switch to a supportive instead of a tolerant um, provider at 28 weeks pregnant. The education and information I have learned is immeasurable. I have been researching and discussing with my husband to now get a doula and all the things to help me get a successful VBAC in December. Thank you for all the things and I know I will have, and I know I will have done everything I could for my future VBAC. Thank you so much for your review. And as always, you guys, we're always loving your reviews. You can go to Google. You can go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you can. Drop us a review because it may be read on the next podcast. You are tuned into the VBAC Link Podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. But I just want to tell a little bit more about you guys. She is a birth doula. And if you haven't known or noticed on this podcast, we love doulas. Um, She's a birth doula, a birth educator, an advocate for VBAC. 
and a mindset coach who has had the most transformative vaginal birth after three C-sections. She now works with women who are ready to strengthen their authenticity and help them not only become healthier mentally, but have the pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experience they've dreamt of without feeling the fear and inhibition. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Or inhibition. Oh my gosh. I can't say the word. How do I say the word? In how do I say the word? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think I need to change that word. So in in like so they don't feel inhibited. Itations. <laughs> What's yeah. Okay. They <laughs> to not let them feel in inhibited. Inhibited. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't spit it out. Okay, and hold them back, right? Okay, yeah. we're back on track. Okay, she wants to help women reclaim the power that they already possess. Okay, that right there, I just love that. Women of strength, I want you to know this. You have the power. You already possess it. And this is why I love this so much. You're reclaiming the power that you already possess. So we can help break the cycle, right? Let's break the cycle that are no longer serving us. So the cycles that are no longer serving us. Oh, like that introduction. I'm sorry that you wrote that. I just like read what you wrote and apparently couldn't even read what you wrote. But that is so powerful. So thank you. Thank you for writing that. Yeah, of course. Well, I just feel like these are all barriers that I had, you know, mm-hmm. um, going through each one of my pregnancies up until my VBAC and now in my support of clients that I have, it's, it's huge. It's huge barriers. So if it's okay, I'm going to start placing you in my story. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, you know, it all started, I was a teen mom. So I had my daughter a month before I turned 17. So I was 16. Obviously wasn't planned, you know, but it happened. And best thing that ever happened to me, you know, even though I had zero support from like, family, a lot of people, Um, I went on to, let's just go straight into the labor. I was in labor for a couple hours, went to the hospital, rushed there, because that's what I've seen in the movies. Right. Yeah. So That's what we're we're taught. I mean, and Mm -hmm. even today, it's what we're told by our providers. Like, you have contractions, your water breaks, something like that. You come in. Yes, exactly. So that's what we did. I took a shower and we rushed to the hospital. And got there, stuck me on monitors and told me to stay in the bed so that I could, they could see the baby on the monitors and make sure baby's doing okay. And I didn't know any better. I didn't educate myself. I was a teenager and I was so scared and I had no idea what to expect other than what I've seen in media, movies, all the, all the stuff. And I never really talked about, you know, what, what could happen with my mom or anything like that. I was just like, I know what I'm doing. You know, I was that, I was that person. I I got this. My body was made to do this. It'll just know what to do. Well, yes, it does. But when you're in a hospital settings and they have certain policies or expectations for how your labor should go, it's different. So yeah, I was hooked up to the monitors. I was there like maybe six or eight hours. And I didn't progress past a four for a couple hours. And they told me, okay, the baby's heart's dipping. Like, we got to get into an emergency cesarean. And I was like, whoa, "Whoa, what? You know, and I was just so taken aback. I didn't, I was, I didn't understand because it was like all of a sudden everyone's rushing and like, Mm. I'm like, what is happening? And 
she's like, your baby's in distress. Like we have to take you to a, an emergency cesarean. So I was like, okay. Cause she said, you don't want your baby to die. Right. And I was like, well, ah. of course not. You know, I mean, who wants their baby to die? Come on. That's horrible language to give somebody. Yeah. No. Yeah. And um, birth, birth, those words matter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, look at, I'm, my daughter's 18 now and that's ingrained in my brain forever. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, went back for the cesarean. And once we got in there, nothing was an emergency. Everything was slow. And, you know, it was like, I was like, wasn't this an emergency? Aren't you guys going to hurry? Mm. And I could hear the doctors talking to each other as they're opening me up and everything. And they were talking about, oh, now I'll get to make my dinner, my dinner plans. And I was just like, what? Stop. They were yeah. saying that out loud? Yes. yes. Oh. They were talking to each other. Oh, and I was God. just like, am I really hearing I was like, oh my gosh. So anyways, I was so drugged up. I was in like this fog and mm. um, they're like, oh, here's your baby. And then I was like, oh, I didn't even know what was happening. They brought this baby to me wrapped up in like a million blankets. Mm -hmm. And all you could literally see was like the little circle of her face. Like you couldn't see any other body part of her. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, oh, kiss your baby and just brought her to my face. And I was like strapped down to the mm -hmm. bed and it was horrible. I was like, this sucks. This is weird. Like, what? This is birth? I I don't yeah. like it, you know. But after I had my daughter, I was so obsessed with her, you know. Once all the drugs, you know, wore off, it was like yeah. blissful in the sense that I just loved her completely. It was a hard postpartum recovery because, you know, you had a major abdominal surgery. Yeah. I didn't plan for any postpartum support. I was just flying by the seat of my pants, you know. Yeah. So we had um, a non-existent breastfeeding journey because I was just, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know who to call to get help. But, you know, we just made it through, you know, you just get through it. So I want to fast forward to my next birth. My daughter, she was uh, about eight years. No. Yeah. Eight years later, 10 years later. Oh my gosh, my brain. <laughs> 10 years later, I was with my um, then husband, well, now husband, and we got pregnant. And then at my 20 week ultrasound, my doctor's like, you have placenta previa, like you have mm -hmm. to have a C-section. And I wanted to have a V-back. Um, mm -hmm. But when she said that, she's like, it's a non-negotiable, like you cannot. And at 20 weeks though? Yes. Yes. So she's like, huh. it's fully covering your cervix. Like there's uh -huh. nothing we can do. It's not going to move. And I was like, well, okay, you know, in, in my head, I'm like, well, you know best, you're the doctor, but I didn't do my research, you know, I didn't realize that it could move. And at yeah. the 20 week mark, that's not really a good gauge for, you know, your placenta staying that way. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I did end up having her at 36 weeks. It was, you know, a planned cesarean because 36? I- Yes, because I had um, a little bit of spotting and it wasn't even it was like a, literally a couple drops of blood and the doctor's like oh no we need to have a c-section right now like this is an emergency <laughs> and it was crazy i just felt like everything was a whirlwind and everything was just told i had to i had to like there was no choice given to me no other option and you know i just believed in the medical system so much um because i have a lot of family that's like in the medical um yeah. system so Anyways, I just, we, we did it. And then for my third baby, so going on to my next daughter, this was four years later. Um, she was a planned cesarean because my doctor said, we don't support feedback. 
this we have a VBAC ban at this hospital. Like mm. we won't, we'll turn you away. And I was just like, what? You know, I just was so confused at this, all this language being thrown at me. And so she was like, this is the safest route for you. Your uterus could rupture, your baby could die. Like all the language that is horrible to tell a mom who, of course, you don't want your baby to die or anything bad to happen to them. Yeah, you were told, you've been told now twice, like emergencies Mm -hmm. and that your baby could die. Yes. Right. Yeah. So... I was just like, and, you know, talking to my husband, he's like, well, you know, if the doctor says that it's the safest route, I mean, I guess let's, you know, right. and so uh, we did have a planned cesarean at 39 mm-hmm. weeks. And, but, you know, with that pregnancy, I felt like I was ready to give birth. Like at the end, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. Like, I feel like I could really have her. And, you know, we had already scheduled the C-section and my husband's like, well, let's just do it. We know what to expect. And I was like, oh, I guess, you know, and everybody, yeah. my family, everybody was like, I think that's safest for you. That's probably the best option because mm-hmm. nobody even really has C-sections in my family. Everybody gave birth vaginally. So they hear C-section and they're like, well, you can't because they heard the once a C-section, once a always a C-section. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so we just had her and it's rough. Every C-section I had was like, I felt so disconnected from my babies. The breastfeeding journey was hard or non-existent. And I just felt like broken. I was like, what is wrong with my body? Like, why can't I, I do this? It was felt so heartbreaking because yeah. you're a woman and you know, your body is made to give birth. So when doctors say no your body can't you're like wait what and you feel like you should trust them because they see birth so often but after that after that experience we decided we wanted to have one more baby and i told my husband absolutely not do i want to have another Mm c-section i said i don't care what it takes i'm gonna prepare my mind and body and i'm doing this because we also were gonna have the babies uh two years apart and so mm. I was like, I don't want to be running after a toddler and yeah. having a abdominal surgery. Right. So once I started diving into VBAC world, I found your guys' podcast and was <laughs> like binging it like crazy. <laughs> oh. um, and it was so helpful, you know, hearing all the positive stories of women succeeding in their VBAC goal. And and I hate to even put it that way because of yeah. course we all want to have that VBAC if we're planning for it. But right. if you don't have it, it's not that you fail. So I hate even putting that language towards it. Yeah. But it, it's just nice hearing those stories where they did it. So I just listened to all those stories and I tried to find providers. This was before I was even pregnant. <laughs> And I couldn't every single my at first of obviously I started with my OB who delivered my other two babies and she was like absolutely not like you this is dangerous you could die your baby could die your <sighs> uterus can rupture like so, so all the words you know all the words and yeah. I was just like oh my gosh here we go again but this time I was educating myself I was going full force into uh, what I wanted to accomplish. And that was my VBAC. And so once we did get pregnant, uh, I started calling like midwives and doctors in the area. I called my local ICANN group. 
And I got in touch with the ICANN leader Mm -hmm. and she referred me out to all of the providers in my area and outside of my area that supported VBAC after three C-sections. So after that, (laughs) I found nobody supportive in my area, but I knew- on that list, but they were on the list? Or they just weren't in your area? Yeah. After talking to my husband and discussing our options, we decided Uh that it was not in our best interest to have to drive four to six hours outside of where we live Uh because, you know, we have three other children. Right. The logistics. Yes. Work. And then at the time we had just moved and we had, we moved into this home where our rent was now three times what we were used to. Mm. So it was, it was, you know, a little tight. And before this, I didn't know about Be Her Village, which I'm all <gasps> up in Be Her Village's world now. <laughs> oh gosh, I love Be Her Village. Me I love too. Caitlin and her crew. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. I tell all my clients, everybody, I shout it from the mountaintops, like, check out Be Her Village. Like, if you want support, like, go to them, go to them, go to them. So anyways, yes. um, I wish I would have known about them back then. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were there now. And so we decided, you know, we were just going to just do what we could with what we had. I switched providers. I think I was about 30 weeks by the time I was able to switch insurances because I had to switch insurances yeah. and I wanted to switch to Kaiser. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my area, it's Kaiser Modesto. So I knew they were supportive of vaginal birth after two C-sections. So I was like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. that's only one less than I've had. So, you know, maybe we'll be supportive. And uh, so I went forward with that, went to my first doctor's appointment. And I told the lady, I'm having a VBAC. And she was like, absolutely not. That is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Um, I was like, well, I'm doing this. I understand your concern. I already know what you're going to say because I've heard it all before. I was like, I'm planning to do this. So this is what I'm doing. She's all, well, we need to schedule your C-section. I have to do it. And I was like, I'm not going to show up. You can schedule it all you want, but I'm not going to go. Hello, women of strength. Today's episode is brought to you by Needed, the leading women's health supplement brand recommended by nutritionally trained practitioners. Let's talk about lactation. Are you planning on breastfeeding? Or maybe you just had your baby and are looking for some extra lactation support. Well, Needed's lactation support plan pairs three essential products to optimally support your breast milk supply, and it's a great addition to mom's overall postpartum care. The plan includes hydration support, which offers electrolytes in optimal ratios to help replace what is lost through lactation. The powder comes in three delicious flavors, lemon-lime, grapefruit, and lightly sweetened with only real fruit. It also includes collagen protein since an optimal amount of protein is needed to support breast milk supply, caloric needs, and the blood sugar balance. As you may know already, the collagen protein is my fave. Collagen protein can easily be added to smoothies, tea, coffee, and other food and drink. And because stress can impact supply, the plan includes needed stress support, which offers clinical strength, herbal stress, and lactation support Save 20% off your first order of Needed's Lactation Support Plan or any of their perinatal nutrition products at thisisneeded.com using promo code VBAC20. You have to do it. Yes, all the have tos. Um, So after that, I had another appointment with her and she said the same thing, like, let's schedule your C-section right when I walked in. And I was just like, no, like I already told you last time, I'm not 
I'm not going to show up. You can schedule it. I'm not going to go in. And she said, well, I have to refer you now to the maternal fetal medicine doctor. And I was like, why? And she's like, because you're high risk and you're planning to do a high risk thing. So I have Mm -hmm. to give you to them. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And then so I went after that, met with him, and he told me all the same things. And I said, I totally understand that. I respect your opinion, but I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. And nobody's going to sway my mind. I'm planning this and it's going to happen. And he said, okay, well, it seems like you have your mind made up. I told you the risks and, you know, that's all I can do. And I was like, okay. Okay. And so literally after that, I saw a different doctor at every single appointment. And they, every single appointment I went to, they all told me the same thing, even though I told them what I was doing and, you know, it was the same everything. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it, it felt defeating in a sense, you know, because well, and I was, I'm thinking too, like, if you continue to hear it time after time, after time, after time, I feel like some self doubt can start creeping in and being like, well, okay, everyone is saying I shouldn't do this. Should I be doing this? Is this the right choice? Am I being selfish? Like all those questions, right? Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what creeped in my mind after every appointment. And my husband was working at the time and he wasn't able to come to appointments with me, which was fine, you know, but I would call him after every appointment and I would cry and I would tell him, am I making the right decision? And I feel in my heart I am, but it's hard when somebody keeps telling you no, 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 no. And he's like, if you feel like it's right, I support you and you're doing the right thing. Like who gives a crap what they say? He's like, they're nobody. And I was just like, I know. And then, you know, once I started working on my mindset, I really dove into mindset work and started working on it literally daily. And I was have to almost though. Yes. I was preparing my mind to be okay with the decision that I was making because those doubts crept in Mm -hmm. and I had to really sit with myself and ask myself, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen? And what is the best thing that can happen? And I had to really sit with each of those and decide which one I could live with. And in my mind, I couldn't sit with living with the what if. The worst outcome. Oh, the what if. What if, or, you know, like, what if I did do it? What if I did succeed? But I'll never know because I didn't try. And, uh-huh. you know, I had to sit with my husband and talk to him about the risks, everything, you know, and yeah. make sure that we were both on board. Because I feel like if you're going forward with this type of decision that most people are going to say is dumb, is scary, is irresponsible, then you have to make sure that you have a support system that supports you 100%. And I felt very confident in my husband's support. He was like, if you feel confident in this decision, I trust your judgment. And that to me was everything because we're a team, you know, and we created this baby Mm -hmm. together. I want to make decisions about this baby together. Of course, ultimately, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And he knows that (laughs) because when I set my mind to something, it's going to happen. So yeah, we made that decision collectively. And at first I told a couple people what I was doing, like family and friends. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of them were like, you should just have a C-section. You've already had three. Like, don't you have a zipper that they can just zip and unzip? Like, hey, why do people think that? My husband <laughs> said the same thing. He 
said, why can't we just go unzip you? I'm like, I am not a pair of jeans. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was. Oh, my gosh. It was I so get it. Oh. crazy. I was just like, this is a like, I, this is my body. You know, it's not just like a toy or a backpack that you can unzip. And it's a exactly. major surgery, major yeah. surgery that affects not only you know, physically, your physical body, but your mentality, your spiritual, e everything, everything. And so I stopped telling people what I was doing. I only told a handful of people that I knew would support me 100%. And then I stopped telling anybody because I did not want to continue to hear all the negative language that was feeding into my brain. And, you know, if it did come in that negative talk or whatever, mm -hmm. I just blocked it out. I said, yep. nope, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And I feel like that really helped. That it's really actually helped. really healthy. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay to do that. I, I did something very similar where I was like, I love you and you're my people every day. But right now you're not my person. And and that's okay. And I have to accept that. I, I still love them, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're not my people when it comes to talking about birth and having the support that I needed. Yeah, yeah, and that, definitely. that included my some of my family members, and that was really hard. Oh yeah, yeah, and I felt that too because I wanted to share this journey with them. But yes. since I knew that they were not going to be supportive, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it, and then afterwards, I'll let them know. Hey, look at what I did! Right. So you know, I literally visualized my birth. So this is one thing that I feel was pivotal. I would sit in quiet and calm and I would just literally visualize every single part of my birth mm -hmm. from start to finish, the labor, the pushing and bringing my baby earthside. And I would envision what it would smell like, what it would look like, mm -hmm. who would be around me and what it would feel like, the emotions I would experience once my baby came out and I was holding him on my chest. So I... <laughs> Makes me emotional thinking about it. <laughs> it's okay. We were crying on last week's episode too. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so transformational for me because it, it, it wasn't just the fact that I gave birth vaginally. It was the fact that I believed in myself. I advocated for myself. I just stood up for myself for what I believed in. And as a recovering people pleaser, I'm a self-proclaimed recovering people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I don't like people to, I don't like to go against the grain. I don't like people to be upset with me. I don't like them to not like me. And, you know, that was really, really hard. But yeah. you know what? Because you were doing all of those things, going against the grain, not pleasing the people, not doing what people said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe even shutting people out. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hard. And like, I'm a very open and honest person. So like you said, shutting people out, that was hard because I just wanted to, sh I wanted to share this beautiful journey with yeah. them. Um, yeah. So fast forward to, I hired a doula because I researched all the things. And on one of your guys' blog posts, it says like, what, how can you be successful in having a VBAC? <laughs> and one yeah. of the things that like, I hired a doula. Yes. Mm -hmm. Get that support Absolutely. team. Build your yeah. support team. So that's what I did. I hired a doula and she had never supported anybody with what, any VBACs. So, mm. but she was totally on board. She's like, I'm totally with you. Like, let's do this. Yeah. So I felt really confident in, you know, my support system that I had on board. So let's fast forward to labor. So I had prodromal labor 
and it lasted from Friday night until I went to my next 40-week appointment, which was on that Monday. So I was prodromal label for a couple days. That's exhausting. It is exhausting, you know? And so I tried really hard to just get through it. I didn't want any interventions. That was my plan because I wanted Mm -hmm. to just go unmedicated and make sure nothing was introduced that didn't need to be introduced. Mm -hmm. And so I went to my doctor's appointment and she was like, oh, are you okay if I check you? And I was like, okay, I guess so. And she was like, well, you're like uh, two centimeters. I can do like a membrane sweep. So I was so tired and I originally didn't want that, but I was like, go ahead and do it. Um, Mm -hmm. looking back, I wouldn't do it again, but you know, at the time plans can change. Right. Plans can change. Yeah. So, um, anyways, after that, oh my gosh, it was on. So I was in like full blown labor after that. And it was incredible. I was like, I was so excited going forward, like looking forward to my labor. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to be in labor because I knew I was going to do this amazing thing. So I was in labor and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And my husband's like, you're so weird. (laughs) But (laughs) because, you know, I was like, you know, it was painful. I had back labor, which I wasn't expecting. And so that was intense. I even felt it through my thighs, which I wasn't expecting either. So I literally needed hip squeezes through every single contraction. And, but it felt manageable. Like I felt like I could handle it, you know, and I felt powerful through it. And between every contraction, I was smiling, I was laughing, I was having great conversations with everybody around me. Uh, I labored at my home and my family ended up coming, my mom, my brother, my sister, my nephew was there, my kids were there. Obviously, my husband was there too. And it was beautiful. Like, it wasn't planned that way. I mean, the plan was to labor at home, but all my family coming that way was not planned. And it was perfect. Like they were helping me. They were, you know, they were doing hip squeezes on me. They were talking to me between contractions and it just Mm -hmm. felt so blissful and Mm -hmm. it felt right. You know, it felt perfect. And so I labored like that. 9 a.m. It started the active labor. And then by about 5 or 6 p.m., it was mentioned like, hey, should we go to the hospital? And we never talked about it beforehand Mm -hmm. uh, when I wanted to go, but people kept asking like, you want to go? Cause it was pretty intense. I hit transition and I knew that because I started shaking while I was sitting uh, on the toilet yeah. dilation station. <laughs> and it's a real, it's a real station. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it does <I> exist. <laughs> yes. Yes. So after that, like we headed to the hospital, I think it was like six, 6 PM. And then, you know, everything becomes a blur. But we got to the hospital, immediately went up, and they were like, you can't be in, like, active labor, because I was just, like, talking and laughing, and so they were like, okay, well, can we check you? And I was like, okay, and then I can't remember if they said I was, I was either 9 or 10 centimeters, and yeah, (laughs) so they were like, oh my gosh, how are you this far along, and, you know, but chat (laughs) yeah it was it was perfect i was in the zone i mean everything felt perfect so they got me into a room and then we started doing different positions to try to help my back labor and um at one point they offered to break my water because i guess i had a bulging bag and Mm -hmm. at first i didn't want that but of course in the moment i was like i don't care like if you need to but it was just like i was trying to focus on the task at hand um so they did end up breaking my water And after that, everything was insanely intense. Like the contractions Mm -hmm. were more intense. Mm -hmm. They felt more closer together. And by 9 p.m., 
I was like, I need to push or I need to something. Uh, I just felt like I couldn't get comfortable anymore. And so I was like, I'm going to start pushing. And so I like started pushing and they like brought everybody in quickly. And I was like, oh my gosh, everybody's like rushing in. And then like five, I pushed like five times, they said, and he flew out. <laughs> oh, so everyone was seeing something and they were like, oh, this baby's coming. Yes, yes. And I remember they did bring the mirror in, like they brought the mirror in real quick. And so I could see um i guess they were thinking maybe it might take a little longer and i needed encouragement but anyways no I, it was like really fast and i pulled him up out of me and onto my chest and it was just like i literally manifested that birth because that's literally how i dreamt about it happening like literally and just it was baby it was coming perfect. out yes flying out yeah no it was perfect and after that i was just like in this you know you have that oxytocin dump and i was just like mm -hmm. i felt like i was in a dream i was just so happy i cried i laughed i was like thanking god i was like oh my gosh you know it was yeah so emotional and so beautiful and you know the recovery is like night and day you know i was up and walking going to the bathroom and I didn't have an IV. I didn't, you know, have an epidural. I didn't have anything on board. So I was able to just move and I was discharged like 24 hours later, less than 24 hours later. Best. Yeah. It's, like, it, it's so nice when it can just be quick and go home and just be in your new space. Acclimate yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, yeah. so did people, when they got there, I mean, you were that progressed. You're really calm things were happening but did anyone say like hey like we need to have the ob come in and talk to you or were they actually supportive because this whole prenatal care you've been kind of like being hounded as like no 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 why would you do such a thing and so i was just curious like did they did they seem more supportive oh yeah so i didn't touch on that but um yeah so when i went in there and especially after they checked me they were like oh my gosh, like, let's do this. Let's have a baby. Like they were all excited. It was no doctor I had ever seen. He was like a traveling oh. OB. Oh. Um, and so I don't even know where he was from, but he was there on call. And then there was like a student doctor, or I don't know what he was, but he was a student. Mm -hmm. And he was actually the one that was there that like helped bring my baby to my chest alongside a midwife um awesome so yeah there was a midwife there and then that training ob they were together you know right there so everybody was super supportive my nurses amazing i will never forget her name her name was britta she was like i'm so like she was like i'm so proud of you you're doing amazing like like she was so incredible and of course my doula was amazing too she was like helping me through everything had all the things mm. with her that helped like lavender um mm. scents and like keeping the lights dimmer and just keeping that atmosphere calm and cool and yeah. my husband was there too he's cool as a cucumber anyways he's mm. so like go with the flow and afterwards we talked about it and he's like i was ready once those doctors like were right there checking you he's like, i was ready to jump in and be like she's having her v-back <laughs> he's I like but that. i didn't say anything he's all everybody was so supportive and so sweet to you and then Good. afterwards it was almost like i was a celebrity like nurses were bringing other nurses in and they're oh, like she was this. only here for two hours and she had her baby and she had three c-sections it was like yeah it was it was amazing do you know what you did is you changed 
their mental perspective. Mm-hmm. You changed a whole bunch of people's perspective. I mean, think about what you did for the student, right? Because like, yeah. because for multiple C-sections, especially three, it isn't widely studied because it's not happening. Right. And so for him to, for that provider to come and like start right into like in the school world and training and be like, oh, actually I saw that happen and it happened really well. Yeah. And it was yeah. okay, you yeah. know, and baby was okay. And it is possible. Then maybe, just maybe, I don't know what that provider, I mean, some providers don't even want to go to, that are in training, don't even go to OB land, <laughs> right. right? Like they're going to some other specialty, but that's just their clinical. But hopefully it will help some other future, you know, woman of strength that's going in and wanting, whether or not it be him or, or her or or someone that they talk to, you know, just changing yeah. the perspective. Like, look at what you have done. Like, how amazing. Yeah. You didn't just have a VBAC after three C-sections, right? Mm-hmm. No, and it doesn't feel like that. I mean, it feels like so much more. Honestly, I'm forever changed from this experience. Absolutely. It's, yeah, I understand it's like, that. it helped me. And even I feel like even if I did have a C-section, I planned for it. Like if I did end up having one, mm-hmm. I had a plan set aside. I didn't put ener- any energy towards it, but I had that plan just in case mm-hmm. um, so I could have my preferences honored in that situation. Mm-hmm. But it helped educate me like I I was I'm so educated now, you know, and it mm-hmm. threw me into the birth world and I had always been obsessed with birth. But I didn't know where I fit in because I went to school and was going to become a labor and delivery nurse. But once I got into the classes and everything, I was like, this is not for me. This is not where I belong. It just didn't feel right. And so I never knew about doulas. Mm -hmm. And once I had this experience, I was like, I know where I belong. Like this work sets such a fire off inside of me. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I... I'm supporting a couple VBAC after two C-section clients right now, and we're preparing for their birth. And it's so exciting to me. Like, I've never been so excited about work ever in my life until I hit this point. You know, it just, it's so amazing to see somebody switch mentally from being fearful to feeling empowered. And it's not that I'm giving them that power. Like, we all have that power inside of us. It's just somewhere along the way, it's been dimmed. And I'm there to kind of help them find that again. And it feels so good when somebody is so confident in themselves and makes that transformation. And no matter how their birth unfolds, they can feel good about it because they know that they're educated. They know that what they plan for. And it's not the fact that the plan goes exactly how you planned it. It's Mm -hmm. the fact that they educated themselves enough to be able to advocate for what they do or don't want. And that's huge. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I can relate on so many levels, even to, I mean, it's kind of crazy how the things that you're saying, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was me. That was, that was me. I wanted to be an L and D nurse. I wanted to do that. Right. And um, I didn't even start the classes. I didn't even get to that. Honestly, I, this is going to be so bad to admit. I was like, that's way too much math. No, I'm not doing that. Like, no. 
And then I had my second C-section who would I, and I wanted to be back. Right. And I was like, Oh, like I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't in a place where I was like mad necessarily. I wasn't happy that I had a C-section, but I, like I wanted more. I wanted to support. I felt that desire, that burning mm-hmm. in my body that was like, I want to help people. And just hearing you talk, I'm like, oh, that was, that was me in 2014. Like I, I can just feel your energy so much. And, and so will your clients. You're going to change your clients' lives. And like you said, no matter how the outcome, you know, what, what the outcome is, they're going to feel supported and loved and educated along the way. And that is powerful. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm here for. I feel like I'm just here to help uh, just kind of be like their cheerleader almost, you know, mm-hmm. like you can do anything if you set your mind to it. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I know, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it just makes me feel so good to know that I can help in any kind of way. I'm, I've always been this helper anyways. I mean, I've done like in-home CNA work. Um, so my heart is in service. I, that's where I feel mm-hmm. the best. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's just amazing. And I feel like also the most important thing is just trusting yourself, trusting yourself to make that decision and not necessarily that it has to be quote unquote, the right decision to what everybody says is the right decision, but whatever feels right to you and just staying true to yourself. And cause we see all these like people on social media or whatever, and it's easy to get caught up in what they're doing. And it's just staying authentic to ourselves and bringing that into your journey because not everybody's journey is going to be the same. And I feel like that's so important to showcase. So, yeah. (laughs) It is. Yes. I love that so, so, so much. And I wanted to quickly kind of talk a little bit about like VBAC bands and multiple cesarean, like just like what to do if you've got like in a situation like you. And um, I feel like you, you, you touched all of these things that you've done. And I just love your journey. Like I love your journey so much. And so if you're running into a VBAC band, you know, one of the things and you did too, is like, you did it not necessarily for this purpose, but to get in contact with your local ICAM groups, see what mm-hmm. information they have on your local hospitals and their policies and, and see what, you know, they can do to help write a letter to the hospital, write a le- letter to this, I mean, state's medical board. I mean, that's a, that sounds crazy, but we are, we are, cha- we are the ones there who are going to be able to change this this future this future right and and doulas like we're loving we're supporting we're educating but then also as VBAC parents ourselves like we have i don't want to say like a duty but we have this power to start making change by not letting every single provider bully you into something that you know in your heart is not correct right so to continue to to reclaim that power and and stop letting that light be dimmed as you were saying earlier right exactly light up the world let's light up the world and we have to light ourselves up first we have to be fully lit before we can help others light yeah and i just want to touch on something real quick is the v-back band drives me insane that there's a quote-unquote ban because okay 
They say that they're not, they don't want to do it because they can't support an emergency situation for a VBAC. But what if a person goes in there in labor and then she needs a quote unquote emergency or if it's a true emergency situation, they can't give her a yeah. C-section? I'm sorry, that just doesn't sit well with me. Yes. Yeah, so, to go to a different hospital completely. I know. <laughs> I mean, ACOT recommends that uh, VBAC is a great option for people and uh for women and that they can have it in any hospital location that is a level one facility or higher which like is pretty much any hospital yeah <laughs> so they it, it me too i have such feelings about mm-hmm. it such feelings and if you are a v-back after multiple cesarean check out our v-back after multiple cesarean blog we'll make sure to um, attach it here in the show notes um and it will go over some of the studies and what's hard is after two cesareans, we really don't have a ton of like really solid, hardcore evidence showing that your your chances of rupture really do increase this much, right? Because it's it's not happening. It's not being offered. And look at how many providers, you know, shot you down. I mean, I'm going to be back after two cesarean and so 12, 12 providers, you guys. I went to 12 providers before I found the right provider for me. And they didn't all necessarily say absolutely not, but they didn't necessarily say, yeah, go for it either, right? They weren't cheering me on. It was, well, you can try. Or, well, if you were my wife, I probably wouldn't suggest it, but I'm not their wife. So sure, go ahead, you know? So yeah, it's just so annoying that we don't have this information, but it is possible Mm -hmm. and you are living proof. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your stories. Of course, of course. I'd be so happy if this touches just one person, you know, and it helps anybody. So I it will. would love to share my story with anybody and anybody feel free to connect with me. I just love talking about anything birth and VBAC. Like that is my heart, heart work. <laughs> yes. Well, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, of course. So I'm on Instagram at birthing come true. So that is my doula business name because the name comes from my birth coming true. And mm-hmm. also my website, which is birthingcometrue.com. And if you basically type that in anywhere, you'll find me. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, the worldwide database for VBAC doulas, and more, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.